You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between a fit body and positive mental health. And our big mission, it's to help 10,000 runners to develop fitter minds in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to this episode of the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast. Today we talk to Emmy Peterson. Emmy is very positive about her running. In fact, I love this thing that she said running is an expression of freedom. Enjoy. Today on Fit Mind Fit Body, I am truly delighted to introduce you all to a good friend of mine, Emmy Peterson. Hello, Emmy. Hey, Michelle, how are you going? I'm great. I'm so excited to talk to you today. I've been looking forward yeah, to it all likewise. day. It's like, oh, I get to talk about the, my favorite thing to one of my favorite people. That's even like better. Aww. So it's awesome. So Emmy, uh, everyone else does not have the fortune of knowing you. Um, and I don't know like lots about you. I know a bit, but I don't know like the whole story. So I want to unpack a lot of that and we can all get to know you at the same time. So I hope that's okay. Yeah, sure. Sure, awesome. sure. All right. So, um, yeah, I guess long story short-ish. Uh, I was born and raised in Sweden, uh, where I lived until I was about 19. I then decided to go traveling, went over yeah. to San Francisco and realized that traveling and living overseas was pretty dang amazing. So um, went back, studied university back in Sweden, but managed to get scholarships and things like that overseas as quickly as I could so it took me to the UK oh, wow. where I ended up living for gosh I'm trying to do the math here uh three to four years I was in the UK up in in um Manchester and le- did part of my undergrad at Leeds Uni so not London which is where a lot of people go yeah. when they go to the UK although I did like London too it was just a little bit too busy for for my personal taste so what and- were you studying I studied political science with a focus on communication. So definitely like social sciences. And um, I guess I've always been fascinated. I work as a coach now, a career coach, but I I find it really interesting to see what makes people and groups of people do certain things, like what motivates us, what keeps us going, um, what makes us angry, all that kind of stuff. Uh So yeah, I really enjoyed political science, but interestingly, I've never worked with... (laughs) directly with it or directly applied the skills but you know I think depending what your journey is and all that sort of stuff I think it's quite often that people end up in a different field to what they studied and I think that's fine I sometimes wonder whether like it all builds to who you are as as an adult but I sometimes wonder whether we make a lot of those choices about what we're going to study at uni when we're not fully you know, we haven't been out into the world and we haven't really discovered who we are as an individual. And then we make all these choices. I'm going to go and be a vet or I'm going to go and be, I don't know, political scientist. And then um, you start studying it. And yes, it, it does have something to do with who you become in the future, but it's not necessarily what you end up doing because, you know, you grow into no. yourself and your interests and things like that. And look, I mean, I, my parents were very encouraging. Um, neither of them went to university and they were very encouraging of me just doing what I felt like I wanted to do. Oh. And um, my mum my worked in the public service for a big yep. part of her career. My dad was a farmer, a fourth generation on a family farm. Wow. Um, so, you know, very hands-on and very practical, Did never, never went to uni. And I was really fortunate that I took that gap year to go to the States. I worked as a nanny. I had a lot of fun, did the crazy road trips to Vegas and all those things. Hold on, Emmy, were you a Swedish nanny? I was a Swedish nanny in the States. You really were a Swedish nanny. I was literally a Swedish nanny in the (laughs) States. And um, yeah, I worked for a family that had two two young boys. And because I grew up with brothers, I was quite used to dealing with voice and all the things that come with that. So it was a lot of fun (laughs) and also really challenging because when you're a live in nanny, you literally go and live in Mm -hmm. someone's house. And even if you've interviewed with them and that kind of stuff, you know, like you don't know what it's going to be like. And then you fly all the way. I mean, San Francisco is pretty much the other side of the world ish Mm -hmm. from, from Sweden where I grew up. So it was a pretty big leap. And I think it was two or three weeks after I graduated high school, I flew out. Oh, my man. parents were like are you sure about this and I was like I've got to go I'm going to try it I don't know why but I must that's amazing and very brave I think too 
like to do that when you're so young yeah and I mean I had the fortune that I had another friend good friend of mine Sarah who also wanted to go from Sweden to the States but she ended up going to um, Philadelphia which is on the other coast between Washington and New York so whilst she wasn't nearby she (laughs) was sort of in the same country um, but on a different coast so yeah but it was really nice to have like someone from home who was kind of there too and at least it was a little bit cheaper to call her than to this was back in the day. This is back in yeah. 2001. I was actually there when 9-11 happened. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah, basically the whole country shut down overnight and, and that kind of stuff, which was an interesting experience in its own right. But specifically to call home, this was back in the day for those listening when you had to go and buy a phone card and scratch yeah. off the long, crazy long digit code on the back. And then, you know, you're on the phone with your mom and you're crying or something has happened. And then it's like, beep, beep, beep. You're yep. about to run out of money. <laughs> I and that. I think back to that and chuckle. I'm like, we've come so far. Oh, like no. now we can ring for free just using data and, and video. It makes me feel a bit old sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And we video. Like if you, if you know, somebody that age now would be, hmm. you know, they want to ring their family. It wouldn't actually be an audio mostly. Like they'd probably be. FaceTiming or whatever it's quite and you could send digital photos for free like as you go about your day-to-day life and photos of the kids and stuff like that I mean this was back I didn't have a digital camera oh maybe I did I don't think I did actually so yeah anyway it's it was a fantastic experience and it fostered a lot of independence um, and a lot of learnings and a lot of great friendships I'm still friends with a lot of those people today oh that's amazing so tell me just reversing a little bit what yep. was your life like at school in Sweden when it came to physical education and sport? Is that like you grew up on a farm by the sound of it? So that would be yeah, pretty Yeah, grew up out- on a farm. Yeah. So like growing up like at home, obviously being on a farm, we had dairy cows. We had dad worked in the forest with logging and all sorts of things. So we had, it was quite a physical um, upbringing, I think, you know, in June every year because the seasons are reversed. I'm in Australia now. Um, so the seasons are a bit reversed, but in June was usually hay harvest time. And as yeah. kids, we would be helping out, being out on the fields, helping mum mm-hmm. and dad when all the other kids were on school holidays and yep. at the beach. And dad would be like, another week or two of this. And then we're going on family <laughs> holidays. <laughs> and it's like, okay, dad. Um, but yeah, in school, I was very fortunate. I'm not sure if this is the case for everyone growing up in Sweden, but in Sweden, we have something called uh, roughly translated all man's right, which means everyone has right to go into even private property land and explore forests and run on trails. So as long as you're not disturbing, um, the forest or the natural Mm -hmm. flora and fauna, you're allowed to go and even camp anywhere you want as long as it's not someone's garden that's obviously their private property but you can camp you can hike you can run you can take your horses and experience you know I I used to have horses when I grew up so I used to do a lot of horseback riding and stuff Um, and it's quite extraordinary because you know berry picking mushroom picking all that stuff so generally as a population I think a lot of Swedes are very outdoorsy and like to be out hiking and walking and, Mm. and running Um, And at school, I think that was reflected for me. We certainly had really good physical education. Mm -hmm. Can't remember exactly how many sessions per Mm -hmm. week, but I do remember quite early on, I would have been like nine or something, realizing that long distance running was way more fun than sprints. Oh, that's (laughs) interesting. Yeah, I wasn't very old. And I remember we used to run around the Oval and Mm -hmm. you used to have like the school Olympics or whatever they called it. Um, and obviously it was seasonal because where I grew up it was very snowy in the winter so running in the winter was less possible so then obviously Mm. they moved physical education indoors for about a quarter of the year yeah oh wow that's quite different obviously to what we most places in Australia yeah used outside all year round (laughs) for for schooling sports stuff at at school 100 percent. yeah but I think it was really good and I specifically remember in high school we had a um a teacher called it was either Katarina or Katrina but she was very uh, a very strong advocate for running her family were actually professional long distance runners and she she really enjoyed um running and exercises she was one of those teachers like it's raining a bit just get out you know just get out and do the laps yeah 
not everyone loved it. I didn't particularly mind it because even back then I found that running was very therapeutic in some way. So, yeah. So when you then went to the States, I'm interested, did you do any deliberate sports then? Did you, like, apart from you were looking after the kids, so that, that's a bit physical usually. Yeah. But, um, did you? Look, we did a bit of hiking and stuff. One thing yeah. I found really confronting with the States was that I didn't feel as safe to go running okay. there. Mm-hmm. Um, Sweden has a very developed public transport system mm-hmm. and you take buses and trains and you can access a lot of the countryside. It's very encouraged to cycle. Mm-hmm. So even if you don't live near somewhere that's nice to run, you could hop on your bike and then kind of get to wherever you want to get to. Whereas in California, in Marin County, north of San Francisco, mm-hmm. where I lived, um, you drove everywhere. And yeah. now there were definitely like the little neighborhood where I lived was really nice, but there was no sidewalk. Mm. So to run, you'd have to be comfortable enough to run on the road. Yeah. So hand on heart, I probably took a year off running yeah. when I was yeah. there. I used to do other sports and, you know, we had a pool in the backyard. So I did a bit yeah. of swimming with the kids and stuff and um, like aerobics and gym type things. Yeah. But I really found it so bizarre after my upbringing. I was like, you drive to go to the gym to exercise. Like, why? This makes no sense. So I did find that part of the American culture and my experience at the time was really odd. Um, Or even more interesting, people who put on a full face of makeup to drive to the gym to run on a treadmill inside at a gym looking at a tv like I found it really odd but maybe just because it was so far removed from, from what you how I grew up yeah. yeah yeah that is I actually always still you know if I run past a gym at especially at kind of just after close of work kind of time and it's sort of night and then you see everybody in the treadmills looking out <laughs> like you can come out and run <laughs> but obviously like people run on treadmills for all sorts of reasons but it's just kind of like oh okay (laughs) and I can especially understand it either from a safety aspect or from a convenience Mm. aspect Mm. so I have a lot of friends now who travel a lot for work and they'll go to the gym at wherever the hotel they're staying at just to get a couple of case in before or after the work day and I totally get that and especially in the States, when I was there, I could very much understand this. Some particular areas you wouldn't want to be mm-hmm. running around at night by yourself. So scary. I can totally understand some of that too. But I guess the main thing I noticed is my particular area was just not pedestrian friendly. And I think mm-hmm. that really impacted my yeah, running motivation. Did. And also yeah. I was 20, you know, I wanted to party and have fun yeah. and you know, all those sort of things. Be so, the Swedish yeah. nanny. Yeah, being <laughs> the Swedish nanny. I actually had two Swedish nanny friends and one German nanny friend, um, oh. which was really fun. Yeah, we had we had a great time. So. When when I was um when I was nineteen and in the UK, I applied for a nanny job, and got the job, and then turned it down. I would have ended up in America, uh, with because there was an American couple who happened to be in the, the state in uh, England at the time. But only, I only turned it down because they wanted someone who would commit for three years. And I thought, well, I eventually have, I'll have children of my own. And I just didn't want to just yeah. look after kids. <laughs> there was yeah, other things commit- I wanted to do. <laughs> I think I was lucky in the sense that um, I went through a nanny agency, which I do recommend if people oh, are looking at it. You are quite protected. They help yeah. you with insurance. They help mm-hmm. the family. If you're not happy, you can change families. Mm-hmm. I, I was fine in my family for the whole year. Um, But they also help you with your visa, which is obviously a challenge, depending which country you're going Mm -hmm. to. In my case, I had to go on like a modified student visa for 12 months. And it was only eligible. It was only available for 12 months. So I think that was the good thing. The good thing was that I knew it was a very fixed assignment. But the downside was that if you really enjoyed it, it was actually very difficult to To extend to stay long. Mm -hmm. So I only stayed the year. And sadly, I haven't been Mm -hmm. back since. So the US is on my bucket list. It is to go back. Travel to, yeah. And do you stay in touch with them, with the family? Um, I kind of lost contact with them. So we're recording this episode in 2022 and I was there 2001 to 2002. So the kids are obviously a lot older now. Um, I kept in touch with them for about eight, nine years and then it kind of fizzled out a little bit. But yeah, it would be really fun to see if I can try and find them on Facebook uh, and just see how they're going. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be very cool. So with your running, when you then went to school in the UK after 
well, I suppose you went back to Sweden first before you went to the UK. When did you pick up running again? Was it when you went back into Sweden or into the UK? Um, I think to add to the running story, I actually, I had some issues. I used to get really bad, like chin splints when I was okay. growing up and I was running at school and stuff. And I think it's very common because I grew very tall, very quick. Yeah. I'm only five foot six, but I grew very quickly yeah. when I was about 11 yeah. or 12. And that really impacted and caused a lot of pain. And also because I think at the time, because I wasn't finished growing yet, my parents didn't want to buy the fanciest, most expensive shoes. So, yeah. I mean, we're also talking, this was back in the 90s. So, yeah you know, the whole, I don't know if the whole psychology around, you know, getting the right shoe and all that kind of advice had made its way into the schooling system at the time. Um, so I think it was a combination of growing very quickly and not having the right equipment. Mm -hmm. um, but then, yeah, I sort of took a break until, yeah, definitely till I lived in the, in the UK and I started to jog again. I remember like got a pair of decent running shoes, went to one of those stores where they run on the, you run on the treadmill yeah. and they sort you out. And it was actually thanks to just after uni, I started uh, working in the finance industry and a colleague of mine uh, was actually the person who got me back into running because oh. he was like, do you want to do a, um, I'm training for this 10K thing. Do you want to, do you want to join? And I was like, I actually really need a clear physical challenge that I can yeah. sign up for, train for and things like that. So he recommended a place. I went and had my shoes fitted and and started running again and we did a couple of 10k and then 10 mile runs which mm -hmm. I think is about I never I 15, never know 16, exactly is it like 15, maybe 16 case might be yeah. 16 yeah <laughs> let's go with like that, that it's, anyway. it's almost so it was like a 10 double. 10 mile run and I thought that was fun and then he's like oh now that you know how to run 10 miles why don't we try a half marathon and I'm like mm -hmm. you're crazy I can't run that far and he's like, well, and we lived in, in central UK at the time yep. in, in Manchester. So there was one uh, half marathon in Macclesfield, which is, you know, Peak District. I think it is in the center of the UK. And yeah. it's very hilly, which I did <laughs> not check before signing up. Uh -huh. So bless him. He signed us up for this race. And I was like, I knew that I could do the distance, you know, followed. I'm very much a training program yeah. person. So I'm like, okay, here's my 12 week training program. And what to do. Here's what I've got to do. And <laughs> follow that and touch wood I've always been lucky I've never had any major injuries or anything because yeah. I am quite careful about following you know the gradual build up and that kind of stuff so I remember half marathon day came around I was really nervous this is back in oh, trying to remember now 2008 maybe yeah. 2007 2008 um and and we do this run and he's like we're kind of running side by side and he was kind enough to run slow with me because he oh. promised to do the whole thing together and I was like you can just take <laughs> off he was like I don't know six foot six like he had a bit Long more legs. <laughs> leg power than I did and I was like you just go and um long story short we get to the last two and a half case and it's constantly uphill till the finish line you know when you see the uphill and you see mm. people just going up but you don't see the level out bit and I was so tired at this point. And I was like, why are you making me do this? And he's like, it's fun. I'm like, this is not fun. But obviously we got to the finish line. It felt amazing. I got my first um, medal as an adult for finishing. Um, and that's really what kind of got me back into running again. And I realized that wherever you live, however far you go, all mm -hmm. you really need is your shoes, some good music in your ears if that's what you prefer and somewhere to run so yeah since then it's been a much stronger part of my life um yeah so you would say that you've you've not really stopped running apart from say you know a couple of weeks here or there where you've had things on or, or whatever something's happened or you're traveling or something that's yeah that would have stopped you in that the rest of the time yeah, it's been more or less constant. I mean, there's been periods when I've um, trained more, you know, for more focused things. So when mm -hmm. I first came to Australia back in 2010, um, the the friends I stayed with at the time, they were more into walking and hiking yeah. and stuff. So we used to do a little bit more of that. But there was definitely always kind of running in the background. Mm. Um, but then I met one of my now absolutely best friends, Lindsay. And it's a really funny running related story. Mm -hmm. So... I was fairly new in town 
And most of the people that I arrived to Melbourne with, which because I started working, I got a job here and things like yeah. that after traveling around. And most of my friends were on, on holiday visas. So they moved on, whereas I had a work visa at the time. So I was feeling a bit lonely. And then I got invited to this birthday party, this Swedish guy that I knew through a friend of a friend. And he's like, come to my birthday. It'll be at this pub. And I was like, okay. And then I didn't know it at the time, but Lindsay is Canadian and same thing. She didn't really know anybody else except him. She came to this birthday party and, um, and, and Pear, the guy, he's like, oh, you two, you don't know anyone else. Talk to each other. <laughs> and so I go, hey, I'm Emmy and da, da, da. And, and I was like, what did you do today? She's like, oh, I did a 10K fun run. And I'm like, oh, that sounds wonderful. And we got talking and it was one of those things because she's also, much like me, pretty organized. And we pulled our phones out and she's like, let's, let's make a running date next week oh. to run together. And we ran together for, oh God, five plus years. And we used to like run and, and chat, you know, yeah, yeah. anywhere between five, 10K, sometimes yeah. more. And, you know, it followed us through job challenges and heartbreaks and stupid oh. boys and all those sort of things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then she, she had a, a minor injury and we moved over to cycling so our social event for a while became cycling but yeah. running was always there in the background and we often joke when people ask I was the bridesmaid at her wedding last year <gasps> and people often ask how we met and we're like funny it's actually running that brought us together oh and kept you together which was yeah. just beautiful and we're back to it again now we're actually training for a 10k this July which is obviously a lot shorter than we used to do, but we've, you know, we've both had circumstances to kind of recalibrate and yeah. go, yep, we need to, we need yeah. to pick something that's like very doable and still fun. So that's what do, we're doing. It was interesting earlier that you said um, that you needed like a plan and, and all of that. So do you, are you, do you think you're goal driven or have you been able to like keep training, you know, just going for runs and things? even if you don't have something to train for? Um, it's a great question. I think when I, when I have a specific goal, I'm a, mo a lot more applied. Hmm. So if I know that I, I you know, I'm going to, whatever, I'm going to run a marathon. The furthest I've ever ran is a marathon back in hmm. 2013. And I was quite disciplined with that. I'd done quite a lot of half marathons before that. Hmm. I knew roughly how to train for that. And I just knew that going to a marathon was going to be a lot more, but whatever I've trained for, we're anywhere between 10K up to a full marathon, I've always had a bit of a plan. And, you know, mm -hmm. I want to do X many sessions. And I'm not a running expert. Like I take yeah. advice from other runners, of course, and I go and do the physio stuff and the sports massage and things. But, you know, I trust that there's a lot of very capable people who've done this before me. And following some kind of program just takes the guesswork out of it mm -hmm. so I will say I'm I usually get faster a lot quicker when I follow a program yeah but that said quite often you and I have spoken many times about mindful running and stuff like that sometimes even if I'm not training for anything I'll just go for a run and I won't even measure how far it is or how fast yeah. I'm going I'll just go for a jog I know roughly in my area where I live at the moment how far certain runs are and yeah and we most, as most runners would know, you feel different on different days. You know, the oh, same absolutely. route, two days difference can feel quite different. awful or fantastic. Yeah. And so to answer your question, I think I, I'm probably a lot more present and enjoying the running when I don't have a particular goal, mm -hmm. but I also enjoy smashing goals and being yeah. like, wow, I can't believe I shaved two minutes off my PB or whatever that is. So yeah. yeah. So it's a little bit of both, really. Yeah, Is a little it? bit of both. Yeah. And especially as well, if I'm running with someone, because for me running, not just with my friend Lindsay, but even with my partner and I will go for runs together. And he tends to be a little bit slower than I am because he hasn't been running for as long. Um, and I just have a really clear thing in my head mm -hmm. that if I'm running with somebody else and the main objective is a social chat or catch up or doing this together, then I just kind of throw the time the time pressure or anything yeah. like that out yeah. the window and just go let's just enjoy this time together in this that. beautiful day and yeah. yeah do you find it's useful because I know that you work for yourself now and it's certainly since COVID that you've worked from home a lot I'm not sure whether you were working from home a lot prior to that before you started working for yourself yeah but a little bit but not as much as most people do now yeah um, have you found that it's been helpful in that 
I guess you have more flexibility because you're at home. So you can just go running. Do you find because you're not having to leave home to go to work and often we would then sort of bake in when we go for a run based on our movements, but when you're Mm. at home all the time trying to go, okay, I'm going to run. You kind of have to be more deliberate. I suppose it feels like you have to be more deliberate Mm. because you're not having to leave the house to go to work and, and be present in all these physically and in other places. So when you're at home, are you finding it hard to, to put the running in or do you find it hard not to? I, it, you, you, you can actually feel what it's like when you do go for a run that your work is then, um, you know, easier or yeah. not easier. I'm not sure. So look again, I think when I supportive. used to work more outside of the home, um, as in like, I'd have to mm. go to work and go to the city and things like that. I live, I now live about 20 to 30 minutes from, from Melbourne CBD mm-hmm. in Australia. And yeah, like I used to, I used to cycle commute, by the way, as well, for many, many years. Okay. So I used to cycle to yeah. and from work up to 10, 10 12 case one way. Yeah. So I've always liked active transport, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but that said, I think when I used to go into the office more, I was a lot more planned around like when mm. the run had to happen. Like yeah, you said, you had exactly. to kind of plan it around your activities. Like I don't, I don't have kids myself, but I know for a lot of parents, it's extra so because you've got other commitments and other pickups and drop-offs mm. and things like that. But for me, I think I was probably a bit more, and especially with my friend, we used to pretty much like rain hail or whatever we used to run every Friday morning like unless one of us was really sick like Mm -hmm. you'd go and you'd do the run and if someone wasn't feeling 100% it would just be a little bit slower Um, I think now that you're working from home I find that I need to kind of make the commitment to myself to have Mm -hmm. active um, energy it's, it's like energy charging your batteries kind of movement yeah. and running for me is definitely one of those things. Um, I think my exercise regime at the moment, I've just taken up uh, swimming as an adult. So I know how to do breaststroke, but because I like the idea of doing a triathlon one day, um, I really wanted to learn how to swim freestyle. And it was yeah. kind of terrifying to go back to school, if you will, yeah. at, at 40 years old. Um, but I'm happy to say that I've done quite a few lessons now and it's actually not as daunting as it first felt. Well, look at that. Um, <laughs> so I'm doing a bit of a blend at the moment um, between cycling, running, swimming and a little bit of like body weight strength work. Mm-hmm. Um, but either of those, I'm finding working from home to answer your question, mm have to really commit and go okay today this is what my day is looking like I've got client sessions here here and here or I've got to go into the city for a meeting um, which means that today I'm doing my work out in this time pocket and I find that if I commit to that ideally the night before or at the very least in the morning of that day Mm -hmm. then it will happen Um, but otherwise it's very easy to be like oh it's cold outside and oh no (laughs) um but I think the good thing is having a variety of exercise up your sleeve like if I don't feel like going out and I don't feel like I run I will do something else to move my body um so it's not like I'm letting myself off the hook but I can kind of choose from (laughs) what I've got available including running so what what do you think contributes to your drive to keep moving like you just said you always need to do something what do you think it is that drives Um, you Oh, look, I think for me personally, that's a great question. The thing that came up for me when you said that is that it helps me clear my mind. So I'm the kind of person who constantly thinks and innovates Mm -hmm. and creates in my brain. And sometimes it gets a bit loud in there. So sometimes just getting out for a run or doing movement, it takes your focus away from thinking and gets you moving instead. Um, and quite often, to be honest, when I run, I used to often listen to music up until a few mm-hmm. years ago. But recently, I've moved over to listening to podcasts instead, okay. mm-hmm. um, which I really enjoy because it's kind of that time, you know, with your body, you're moving. Mm-hmm. And I often pick podcasts or episodes that are going to either teach me something or challenge something or like, I guess, get me thinking about something mm-hmm. else than yeah. I have been thinking about for my whole work day or, or if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, so they change your thought patterns as a result. Like, so what have you been yeah. mulling over or 
dwelling on becomes uh, in the yeah. back while you focus on what the, what's going on in that podcast yeah. sort of changes your and also I think to to add to that as well when you said what's my drive I think we've had we've got some health issues in my extended family and some of it is could have easily been prevented for some of those people by mm -hmm. doing more exercise um, yeah. for example a lot of the women in in my on my mom's side of the family have high blood pressure and a lot mm -hmm. of that is lifestyle and dietary mm -hmm. and um i was told at a very young age i think it was 15 or something where they were like look this is something you're really going to have to monitor and it's interesting because i've been so active my whole life um whenever i go in for a health check you know my blood pressure is normal my you know all all that stuff is normal mm. and you know touch wood it doesn't mean that i'm not going to have problems in the future but i like mm. to think that activity and movement um is really important to give yourself the best opportunity for yeah. for for success and health even though i'm fully aware you can still get um health issues but you know um that way you're kind of giving yourself a good foundation yeah, to start with, I love that. It's um, It does bring me on to a question I ask people in the podcast all the time, which is, how long do you think you'll run for? How long will Emmy run for? How long will running be in your life? I hope. I hope. I was picturing like the golden girls or whatever that TV show yeah. is, the yeah. eldest of the grey-haired ladies with yeah. her glasses. I hope I run until I'm that old or maybe older. I might be slow. It might be more yeah. like a walk run. But look, I don't think... I think the thing that would make me stop running or stop active movement would be a serious health restriction where I physically couldn't. Yeah. Um, but as long as I'm able, I hope I can keep running and exploring and being outside because I think being outside, whether it's running or hiking, is just, I love it. Yeah, it's like part of the, the making you vital part, isn't it? Like being in touch with what's going on around you and and all of that and um you know being human i think and moving our bodies it's just uh yeah i love yeah, that and nature i think you know wherever you are i hope for those listening that you are somewhere where you can connect with nature in some form as you run and for me like whether that's a beautiful park or somewhere out in the woods you know or on a trail somewhere like i think it's just really really nice it's a really wonderful way to for me at least to connect with nature and be outside and get fresh air and um, even when it's cold and stuff like that, which it is in Melbourne at the it moment. Is. It's certainly it a is. bit nippy in the yes. morning. It's not going by the time this uh, episode goes out, it'll probably be towards the end of June. It'll still be cold. <laughs> so yeah, it'll still, it'll probably be very cold still, yeah. <laughs> Just like here in Tassie. Um, so you already said that you mostly listen to podcasts. Do you ever listen to nothing when you're running? Do you ever not take Yeah, anything? there are times when I've had a particularly... Um, it depends on the on, on my headspace in the day. But yeah, if yeah. there's been a particularly uh, difficult conversation as a coach, sometimes as well, you know, you have a session with someone and something difficult comes up for them and you hold the space for them. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that you don't need to release that afterwards mm -hmm. yourself and, and not hold on to whatever that was. Because otherwise you can't serve yourself and you can't yeah. serve other people. people. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if there's a particularly negative event, either with, with a client or... Mm -hmm. um, not negative event, but rather negative energy or something mm -hmm. like that, then I, I find it really useful to just allow myself to use the run and listen to nature, listen to mm. the things that are around you um, and release that. That can be really, really helpful. Um, and, I mean, it also really depends. Like, I really love, especially in the spring, listening to all the different birds. Yeah. And yeah. as someone who's from a place where cockatoos and things like that are not native, I know cockatoos are not very, um, they don't sound very pretty all the time, but um, I really They're enjoy in the spring. <laughs> They're noisy. Um, but, yeah, I, I love hearing, like, uh, on my normal 5K running track, which is kind of my standard one, mm -hmm. I often do in Melbourne um there are often cockatoos in a particular part of that track especially yeah. in the spring and it's really just beautiful to see them because again I didn't grow up with that kind of bird life you know we had very different birds in Sweden and it just every time I see them I'm like wow how beautiful are they and you know they sit there and, and laugh together and stuff so um and those sort of things you miss unless you listen to nothing right and you're aware of what's going on <laughs> yeah exactly you. and tune in and even just sometimes hearing your 
your fo- your own footsteps yeah. and stuff like that quite frequently when I do um when I do racing or like when I run a 10k or whatever Mm -hmm. I find it really cool especially there's one run here in Melbourne called run for the kids which is about 15ks long and you run through one of the main tunnels through the city because all the traffic is closed down and it is the coolest thing to listen to like 5,000 footsteps going through that massive tunnel (laughs) it is so cool and I understand people who run with music because it motivates them but I think Every time I've done that particular run, like the the sense of togetherness, because you're listening to what's going on around you, yeah. it's just really cool. Yeah, you're kind of all experiencing this thing. Yeah, I was this meant thing. to do it this year, but I got COVID, so oh. I couldn't really, couldn't really. Well, that was silly it. of you. <laughs> I'll be back next year, next April. Do you have any, are there any like running goals or things that are just in the distance for you, something you can't quite, I mean, I know you want to do a triathlon. Are there any other um kind of just things for running for example like running in a special place or running distances or events that you know of here or overseas that kind of just tinkle you know just make you get a little bit one day kind of thoughts <laughs> one day I might oh, do that. Look, or run there I, or... yeah look I think well first of all I would there is a um in my hometown, Kalmar in Sweden, which is on yeah. the southeast coast, they, um, for the past, I think, five or six years, they do an, a full Ironman. And I think they have a half Ironman as well. Yeah. But I would, like, one day it would be so dang cool to do that. I know that it's crazy far and it's a big <laughs> thing. But the running part of that is actually running through a lot of the bits where I went to school and where oh. I first really learned to run with with that teacher that got oh, us out so in all sorts cool. of weather. So it would be really cool to do that type of race there, which obviously yeah. would be beyond just the running. Um, look, beyond that, I think, I think it's something that I'm very keen to just do more of when I travel now yep. that the world is at touch wood, slowly starting mm-hmm. to open up again. Yeah. Um, I would love to travel to um, Iceland is on my bucket yep. list. I'd love to travel to New Zealand, which yep. um, I haven't been to yet, which is ridiculous considering how close I am. <laughs> I haven't been to you New know, Zealand or Iceland. Relative. <laughs> Um, and yeah going to South America and a couple of other places and I think a combination of hiking and running is such a wonderful way to see and experience new places in nature so to answer your question it would be really cool to have done some kind of an epic run uh, Mm. on each continent before before I leave this world that would be pretty I love that that's great yeah um just a non-running question (laughs) yeah sure (laughs) Um, are you planning to live in Australia for ever? I know you have a partner now. Yes, I do. So my fiance is Australian, but I have, uh, so I've been over here now, gosh, I arrived in 2010. So I've been here for 12 years and I've been an Australian. So I'm a dual citizen, Swedish and Australian. So I've been a dual citizen for three and a bit years now. Yeah. Um, Yeah, look, I personally felt very much when I got to not Australia necessarily, but Melbourne specifically, I felt very at home. So I do think I will use Melbourne as my base for the better part of my adult life. But yeah, definitely keen to do more traveling than we've been able to do recently. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, And definitely continue to experience. And I'm very fortunate that my partner likes the same kind of things. So we um we've got a six week trip planned this year to go back to Europe and spend some time in Sweden with my family but also travel around a bit and back in 2019 we took four months off work both of us and traveled around Europe and bought an old car and went exploring and ran in most of the countries we went I love that I love that I love running tourism it's so much fun Yeah, um, so it's good fun. But yeah, I do think to answer your question, Australia will probably be my home base, but certainly yeah. not the only place I'll spend yeah. planning to spend time. Yeah. Um that was really a personal question for me. Nothing to do. It's just like, but where's Emmy gonna spend? That's all right. Um so I wanted to ask whether you prefer running on the road or running, you know, footpaths, uh, built environments, or do you prefer running trails? absolutely trails um yeah the closer to nature the better um I also find like I think with some surfaces as well I mean naturally like where I live at the moment if I wasn't going to do any sidewalks or paved roads it would take a while to get to somewhere but 
about half of the 5k run that I do regularly about half of that is on kind of you know paths and trails and that kind of stuff so so I I really like it it's something that feels a lot more natural to me Mm -hmm. um but that said I probably never have and have never felt a strong desire to do like crazy hilly mountain trails Mm -hmm. and things like that like that's not the type of trail running I've done much of yeah um that's it maybe I'll try it one day you know of course (laughs) that's the kind of until you try it sort of like Um, that I like that I like the hilly stuff mostly because well no one's really expected to run all of it mm. when you're out in the trails it's like oh it's a hill it's time to walk (laughs) walk up the hill that's the tricky thing I'm very much like (laughs) once I'm running I keep running Uh uh-huh so I'm one of those people, like if I start walking yeah. to start running You've again, it's really hard. <laughs> so I'll go up that dang hill really, really slow <laughs> with the right proper technique that people have taught me over the years. But I will go up that dang hill, but it will be slow and I will keep running because <laughs> if I slow down to a walk, even actually when I did my full marathon, I remember I had one of those little belts with a couple of bottles yeah, of yeah. small bottles of like electrolyte and stuff. And I did, I did pick up a couple of cups of water yeah. at the hydration stations yeah. and stuff, but I still jogged very slowly because oh, I, I knew that otherwise I wasn't going to start okay. again. Um, so that's funny, but yeah, I do, I do agree with you. I can imagine when you're out on the trails, it's a little yeah. bit different that you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's, there's one race here that I've done quite a few times where there's actually rock scrambling like you can't run that anyway I I don't know how the guys that win it in like just in a short period of time I don't know how they must be you know amazing monkeys or something but there's rock climbing where you have to go you know literally lower yourself down off a rock platform and things too so that you can't actually run all like a lot of trail events especially in the mountains include bits where you aren't necessarily running anyway so cool yeah see I've never done an event like that most of the one most of the running events that I've done have been on sealed roads like through cities and stuff like that and when I did um the Melbourne Marathon that is all on sealed roads you go through some parks and stuff but it's still on sealed footpath in the park um and yeah I don't know like I I picture myself maybe doing like a you know the New York marathon or something like that one day but again it's all in built environments so yeah it's very different from what you're describing different isn't it climbing up and down cliff faces I that would be pretty cool though that's all out there for you to explore in the future once you get your triathlon bug out of your system I know I get it I feel like I gotta I gotta do that one I gotta do that one and it doesn't have to be a full or a half Ironman it can be a lot shorter than that there's actually a one one that I've got my eyes on up in Noosa which is up in Queensland here in Australia that I think would be maybe a good one to start with well I think that you'll do fine at that by the way Um, how do you I think if we touched a little bit on it earlier but a lot of people including me am always looking for tips to get out the door on the days when you really don't want to go and I know you said if you have a plan that really helps you because you know who wants to start at at the be at the start line of a of an event knowing you haven't done everything you could um in order to be (laughs) ready for this marathon she did something like a marathon um but do you have any like any tricks that you use to make sure that you're going to get out the door when you know yeah it's not so nice (laughs) the weather Um, I think my the, the most efficient one which is also a bit sad is is making a running date with somebody else so yep. that someone else is waiting for you or someone else is dependent on you showing up at a certain yeah. time because no one wants to be that jerk where your mate is standing there at like six in no. the morning and it's cold and they're <laughs> waiting for you um so I think whenever I am extra applied or I really need that extra motivation I'll make a and make a time or make a commitment to either whether it's my partner or a friend of mine or something um, during lockdowns as well here in Melbourne when we weren't allowed to actually physically go and see people outside mm-hmm. of our immediate zone mm-hmm. I used to make running dates with people and we used to like run and chat like on the phone while we were oh. running in our respective areas because we could we weren't physically allowed to go and yeah. see each other um, but I think that kind of accountability can be really effective 
Um, another thing I often do if it's just me is that I will either leave, if I want to go for a run first thing in the morning, I'll put my running gear, my shoes, everything, my water bottle and put it out. So it's the first thing I see in the morning. So I literally have to like walk over and around it <laughs> to avoid it. <laughs> yep. That's um, a good idea. Because <laughs> I find if it's, if it's there and like, I literally have everything and the clothes are clean and ready to go, then that's fine. And some days, if I feel like I need extra motivation, I'll put on because I work from home and I don't have a particular dress code mm -hmm. for, for my work, um, I will sometimes literally put my running clothes on mm -hmm. in the morning and then have work for one or two hours or do my thing and then go out for my run because yeah. I'm already in my in my gear. Mm -hmm. I'm um, good at that. I don't, I've only a very few occasions have I got into bed thinking I've had my running clothes on all day and not gone for a run. <laughs> so that hasn't that doesn't happen very often. That's like once yeah. or twice in my life. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. And other than that, um, one thing that I used to be really bad at in the beginning is that I didn't used to drink enough water and hydrate myself yeah. enough. So nowadays I always, when I'm working and stuff like that, um, but even before I go to bed at the night before, I know that I'm going to go running in the morning, have a big drink of water, even if it means you have to get up and go to the bathroom yeah. at night, yeah. because I think hydration is so important. And especially when you start doing longer runs, you know, yeah. it's so easy to get Mm -hmm. uh, well for me at least to get headaches and things like that mm -hmm. so hydration just throughout the day and generally speaking is is also like a really good baseline to have it is. um I yeah agree. so it's definitely something that I do but also I think a little mantra um which is funny because I've never really thought of it that way but quite often when I'm I need to motivate myself to go running I have this yeah. little thing in my head it's like but you're doing this for yourself you're yeah. doing this for yourself and for your health so that you can get out and, you know, um, and sometimes it's effective to have accountability with other people, but sometimes you need, just need to be accountable to yourself. Yeah. Be like, this is for me. This is for my health. The future Emmy will thank me for yes. going for this run. <laughs> yes, or, and sometimes you need to remind yourself if it's cold and rainy and miserable and you're like, I only have to go for like half an hour and then yeah. I get to come home and have a really nice hot shower and a coffee and, um, so that feeling afterwards is also important to kind of remind yourself all the time. <laughs> that it's coming. You just have to start. Otherwise, you're not going to get the feeling after. <laughs> if you don't actually get started, you're not going to enjoy that feeling. I love that feeling once you've finished as well, as you said. Yeah. And feel nice really stretch. kind of clever, especially if it starts raining once I've finished. I'm like, oh, look, it's all, <laughs> I got my run out of the way. How awesome. <laughs> I did yeah. such a good job. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and, yeah, I think my 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 final motivation, if you're really struggling, is to like make yourself accountable by signing up for some kind of run or race. Mm -hmm. um, even if you're not running with anybody else, you know, put something in the calendar and say, on that date, I'm going to run X far. So I need to give myself the gift of proper training so mm -hmm. that I don't get injured or so that, you know, it's actually an enjoyable, <laughs> enjoyable run. And you can do. keep doing it for the years to come. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for wanting sure. to do it. So with that said, can you think of or recall a time when you went for a run and everything was just perfect and amazing? Like, can you recount, like whether it's a training run or an event where just oh, quite a few just actually loved it. Yeah, <laughs> I had, um, I went for a run just last week that was like yeah. that. I'd had a bit of a weird day. A couple of good things happened. A couple of challenging things happened. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, I just need some headspace and some fresh air. So I went out for a lunchtime jog and it was sunny mm -hmm. and it was quite nice. And yeah, the birds were out and it was just, I don't know. It was really nice and flowy. And I had a podcast in my ears and yeah, it was just really, really nice. And yeah, like I saw a few people because the, trail that I often run for my lunch run is um quite a lot of people walk their dogs and stuff yeah and, yeah you know um I didn't stop but I waved to this beautiful little kelpie and yeah Aww. so but I would say a good half amount half maybe a third to a half of the times when I run yeah. I have a really good run you yeah, know sometimes like I went the day before yesterday it was awful my legs felt like lead yeah. I don't know why it was just one yeah. of those things that because normally it takes me about a kilometer, a, a kilometer and a half to really find the groove. Mm -hmm. And then I can just kind of keep going. I've always been, ever since I was at school, I've always been like, once I'm in the groove and I've found my pace, I can go for a really long time yeah. usually. Um, but yeah, 
I think I think every run is a little bit different. Is, um, but yeah, more often than not, I have a good run or an enjoyable run or I just it flows and you feel strong yeah. and you feel like you can go fast. You can do some intervals. And I think at the end of most runs, though, even the hard ones, I just send a lot of gratitude to my body. Thank you, body, for being able to do this. I um, have a few friends at the moment who are going through pretty serious treatments and things like mm -hmm. that and what they said to me is that just be grateful every mm -hmm. day when your body can do things the amazing that, things it does. that you just expect it to be able to do yeah. and not to sound you know morbid or anything but it, that's exactly how I think of it I'm like thank you body for taking me out on this run you yeah. know for running as fast as you did or as as well as you did you know what, yeah. a, what a beautiful thing to be able to do yeah oh I love that that's wonderful Thank you for sharing that. We all need to be more grateful because we all just think everything, you know, it, this is how everybody is, but actually, no, it's not. And, uh, and even for us, it's not always the same the next day or the day after. So no. can, can you think of a time where a run has helped you through or deal with, with a challenging situation? You don't have to go into like the challenging situation, um, or do you feel like that's kind of a constant? You even just described it before, I guess, a day uh, that was up Actually, I can think of a time about, it was a period of time though, but um, I was working for a large corporate in based in central Melbourne and we have a running track called the Tan, which is yes. about four kilometres right in the middle of Melbourne, which is around the Botanic Gardens. And as far as tra running trails go in the middle of a big city, I think it's quite amazing. Um, and that role uh, and that work at the time was really challenging for a range of reasons, mm -hmm. both management and, my, you know, all sorts of things. And I remember that going for a lunchtime run quite a few days of the week. Um, I used to do boot camp and stuff in the morning, but I used to specifically go for a run at lunchtime because mm -hmm. we had showers and change rooms and stuff like that. And I remember that it was really, really useful to get out, get some sun, get some perspective, yeah. get some fresh air. Um, and then kind of come back and tackle the the rest of the day. So during that, it was a period of time of a couple of months that were particularly difficult. And mm. I do remember the runs and good friends and other support yeah. as well. But the runs definitely formed part of the a pocket in the middle of the day where I got out. So I didn't mind eating lunch at my desk because I'd spent most of my lunch break running. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it really did help during that time. And it helped me. Just get out and running around the botanic gardens. There's so many beautiful, you know, flowers in bloom yeah. and just like really connects you with your senses and the world outside of your office. And yeah. at that time, I really needed that. So, yeah, yeah. that was really helpful. It kind of time to decompress a bit. As mm. you said, changing the state and your environment like that really helps. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's Absolutely. awesome. So tell me, Emmy, if you didn't have running in your life, what would your life be missing? Oh, I don't think I've ever thought of that question. I've just always taken for granted, going back to the gratitude, yeah. that I, yeah. I can run or I can choose to run when I want to. Um, for me, running is just freedom. It's an expression of freedom, of being able to, yeah, I, I, think, I think I would feel a little bit less free if I didn't have running in my life. And because I really like that running is just so, it's incredibly liberating. You know, you can just pick your location. You can pick what part of the city you can pick how far, like you have so much freedom in, in running. So, and also like I've met some amazing friends through it. Yeah. Like yeah. I told you the story before about my Canadian friend and yeah, gosh, who knows? Like we might've still become friends and hang out, but you know, I might, we might not have the deep friendship we have today if it hadn't been for running, bringing us together. Yeah. And um, I think as well, you know, running has shown me a lot of, especially because long distance running is such a mindset, psychological yeah. thing as yeah. well. I mean, obviously it's that you, you've got to train your body mm. to be able to do the kilometers, but I mean, when you do a marathon, especially it's such a psychological thing. And I think running has shown me that if you, decide to do something and back yourself and give yourself the right tools to do it you can do bloody anything and running that. has helped me do that so I think on the flip side to answer your question 
I might not have the same belief in myself in some ways yeah. if I hadn't taken on some of the running challenges and chapters that yeah. I have gone through. So it's been like an empowering thing that's empowered you to believe that Absolutely. you can do whatever you choose to do, basically. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and especially like, you know, that whole belief, I've, I've always believed strongly that, you know, whatever happens, happens in the world I can handle it mm. and the thing I added on in later years is whatever happens I can handle it with the right help and the right tools yeah. and that's exactly it because you've got to educate yourself you know running I started running because it was fun and we had to do it with school and this and yeah. that but I kept running because I kept listening to good advice from really smart people mm. to avoid injuries and still to mm -hmm. this day Yes, I've done sports massage and things like that. But touch wood today, I have not had a bad injury because of running. And I attribute that to all the great people I've met along the way who've given me advice yeah. about, you know, what to do and, you know, um, what kind of, what types of pain to look out for and stretching and nutrition yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So There's also something to be said for you being willing to take in that advice that's been given yes. too, because we all get advice, like, sometimes unsolicited but, but we don't uh, we don't all take it on board so that's a, a pretty cool thing that you've done I think Emmy because it, yeah you've been able to implement you know the advice that's been given to you in a positive way which is great yeah and absolutely I think some there's something to say though about what you said about unsolicited advice and I often <laughs> talk about this in the coaching world as well and I'm like it's like the really itchy sweater you know the itchy knitted sweater that someone yeah. gives you at Christmas time metaphorically and you're like I didn't want this sweater and it's itchy and uncomfortable but I will still gracefully receive it and say thank yeah. you for giving me this thing now I can choose if I want to wear it if I want to <laughs> store it for five years if I want to throw it in the bin or donate it and I think any type of advice is the same way you just have to yeah. go first of all you can thank someone for the space they were in giving you that advice yeah. because they probably didn't want to be a jerk they probably <laughs> wanted to help you. <laughs> and secondly I think sometimes people give advice very prematurely when you're not in the space yet mm. when you need it but I remember reading a lot about longer runs when I was just doing like 10ks and 10 mm. miles and then when I got up to the half marathon so I was like ah oh, this and beyond some of that yeah. advice I got back then now it's useful yeah. Because now I'm doing cool. enough case and now I'm doing enough training that I need to Understand think about this. it differently. Um, but some advice from the very start, which I'm very grateful that I took on is get good shoes. Mm. Nothing else. Like yeah. the, the, the person I spoke to at the time, and this is when I was, I think I was still traveling somewhere or I think I was still at uni, but they were like, invest in your shoes. <laughs> Have at least one really good pair of running shoes that mm. are fitted and suitable for you and the type of running that you're doing and then you can save money on most of the other things mm. um, so I'm really happy for that advice and that's been with me from from the start that's awesome um but you can probably use that in a minute when I ask you about tips <laughs> very cool um the have you let me see is there anything that we haven't mentioned about running that you really want to talk about when it comes to running or have we been pretty thorough? <laughs> um, one thing that comes up when you say that, and I don't know how many of the people listening have seen um, the TV show Friends and the episode where Phoebe goes running in the park. Do you know the one I'm referring to? I do not. And I so share. Have a look at that. I'll have to send it to you. And for any listeners out there, if you haven't seen Friends and when Monica and Phoebe go running in the park, but without too much spoiler alerts, Phoebe um, is not an experienced runner and so, and her and Monica, they're training something and then she starts, she runs, they get to the park, they've never run together before and Phoebe starts running around with her arms flapping like a bloody bird and it's just an absolute spectacle. But it's really funny and then, you know, Monica's doing like the proper thing as you're meant to do and then anyway, and eventually she confronts Phoebe about it and goes like, why do you run like that? You look like an idiot. And she goes, because it's the only way it's fun. I run like a child because then I enjoy oh. it and I can play with it and I can have fun. And she's like, and who cares what people think what it looks like? Isn't that awesome? And it's a pretty old episode and yeah. it's, you know, it's an old show, but it, it's been with me for a while because I'm like, 
we need to have a little bit of fun and a bit of playfulness yeah, with totally. it it's so easy to kind of go oh you got to be worried about your technique and this and that and you know set really good goals and continue to push yeah. yourself but I'm like running really has to be fun at least for me personally and yeah. every now and then when I'm out on a run I won't quite go as far as Phoebe does in that video clip <laughs> but sometimes I'm just like you know run and just be a bit squiggly and wiggly with your arms or whatever like yeah. it doesn't have to be perfect there's no particular form that's you know the way to the do right it way. Um, <laughs> and I just I love that video clip because you look at it and she absolutely looks like a fool and I'm like what a wonderful <laughs> playful way to be not all the time not for a whole <laughs> half marathon but maybe for a couple of hundred meters here and there yeah. just let go and just oh. be silly and have some fun so every now and then I'll do a little bit of a side jiggle or a side step or something and <laughs> someone might see it and give me a smile and you know and that brightens up their day and my day so oh. yeah I just think it's important to to have some play time as well I love that I was talking to somebody yesterday in Tokyo a mutual friend of ours who was telling me about her running uh in Tokyo and she was saying that she often catches herself listening to music and kind of dance running. <laughs> she calls yeah, she said, right. She's not sure what all the Japanese think because they're all quiet. But she said nobody would like, they might smile at you because they're all so polite. <laughs> anyway, so she said it's quite wonderful. funny. So I thought that was yeah. funny. I also It also reminded me of something I heard um, recently about always trying to find something you enjoy about what what it is that you're doing like you especially mm -hmm. these things that we want to keep doing repeatedly for our health or for other reasons um always identifying the things that that there are things that you enjoy about it because there's always like running isn't easy it's not you know there are hard bits as, as you know we've talked about but there is even in every run there is always something that was, you know, whether it's the environment or you felt really good that day or one part mm. of it felt good, you know, there's always something and it's trying to identify what that something is so that it's much easier to get out the next time. If you're, if you're always whinging and you can't, and you don't spend any time focusing on the bits that you enjoy, then why on earth would you keep doing it? Mm. You know, it's, a, it's just a struggle. Why, why always make it a struggle? So it doesn't always have to be a struggle. So I love that you, that you brought that up. It's really that's awesome. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a good good thing in life in general. Just like you say, like find bits of enjoyment or fun. Mm. It's not always like laugh out loud kind of fun, mm. but you know, every now and then it's just the thing that makes you smile. Or, um, yeah, I um on the note of that, I was doing some interval running the other day, and it's funny because when someone catches you or sees you or walks past you when you're doing your fast sprint. Yeah. Every now and then they'll look like, you know, you're an insane person just now <laughs> running. So, um, yeah, just last week I was doing some speed play and, yeah, I came around a corner real fast on the path and plowed past this guy and he, his eyes, you should have seen it, and it just made me in the middle of my sprint just laugh out loud because I was like, he must think I'm crazy because he just sees this chick just sprint past him. Um, and then later on I like that you're then walking, okay, because <laughs> it's like, I, I didn't see him again, that. but it would have been really fun, like, yeah, to see him later down the track. But hopefully he worked out that I was not a lunatic or the fastest woman in the world. Um, but it did make me chuckle. And and I think it's just a really, to go back to what I said before, when you've had a big day or you've got a lot on your mind, having a laugh or having, having some fun with the quote-unquote serious exercise yeah. is just super healthy, at least for me. I love that. I love it. All right, Emmy, we have used a lot of your time and it's been awesome to chat with you. Before you go, though, can you give me some tips for some beginner runners? If somebody came up to you and said, I want to start running or I want to get back into running, what would you suggest to them are the most important things for them to think about? Um, firstly, I would probably say, um, you know, start, start really gently, you know. Mm -hmm. So if they've never done any running at all, um, especially if someone is a bit on the heavy side, it can obviously be really hard on the joints. So the very first thing is set a really realistic goal, whether that's, you know, I want to be able to run a kilometer, but maybe the first couple of times you walk, run, walk, run, mm -hmm. or, you know, something like that, or even perhaps help them find a training program um, 
that would help them get started but being really realistic because I think a lot of people and I used to be a bit like this you know it's very yeah. all or nothing yeah um, and you've got to give yourself the the chance to to start gently and start mm-hmm. very realistically like if you've never run before and you want to commit to running five days a week that's probably too much yeah. so finding finding a good healthy balance for that person um second thing definitely get good shoes right from the yeah. start have good shoes fitted um for yourself and your you know your your feet and your style and your gait and even if you are planning to go to running classes and whatever later on having good shoes and good cushioning is really really important Mm -hmm. to avoid injuries because otherwise you're going to get injured really quickly (laughs) if you if you push yourself too hard and you don't have the right equipment um and thirdly set some kind of goal or intention as to why you know is it you know beyond the activity because running is just an activity or a tool really um, I mean we can use it mindfully or not but I think my, my third and major tip is probably remind yourself of why you want to do it mm. you know is it for your health is it because you've had a bit of a health scare you know is it because you want to do a fun run and raise funds for a cause that's really important to you um whatever that is for you yeah. uh, or challenging a belief that someone told you that, Oh, you couldn't possibly yeah. run further than 5k, whatever your driver is, make sure yeah. you find it and remind yourself of it on the regular. Yeah. So yeah, those would probably out. be my main tips and yeah. be kind to yourself because yeah. remember you're learning something new or something that you might not have done since school. So yeah, yeah. yeah. it's going to take a bit of time. Just a little bit faster than walking. Exactly. One step in front of the other. (laughs) Absolutely. I love it. All right, Emmy, thank you so much for sharing all of your inspirational running story with us. It's been quite fascinating. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. So thank you. you. Stay on and um, I say goodbye to you off the recording as well. But um, yeah, just wanted to acknowledge your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your running journey. So send me a message on Facebook or on the website and let's do it. For a bunch of resources on mindful running that will help you get and stay mentally and physically fit, head over to the website fitmindfitbody.co and I'll see you there. Plus, I'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week. Hit subscribe now so that you don't miss an episode. And before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast and get inspired to start running. I'll see you soon. Bye.